0: With all not your truth, or kindness, Lord With not your truth, or kindness, Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores the need for validation and affirmation through biblical musings and unique stories from special guests. Experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. Okay, mothers out there, do you find yourself home with your children 24-7 during the COVID-19 pandemic? Are you having fun? Or are you finding yourself frustrated or irritable? Of course, we all want to be good moms, but find our feelings of anxiety and hopelessness are quite different than our visions of the ideal mother. So join me today for a conversation I have with Karen Hossing, mother, speaker, and author of the book, Confessions of an Irritable Mother. Listen in as we discuss motherhood, the feelings of inadequacy we are scared to admit, and how motherhood helps us to notice more about God. Karen it's great to have you here Thanks it's great to be here Susan. Well I, I want to tell our listeners how I met you. Uh, we had an event our, at our church called God Stories Live which is kind of like a live version of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We tell stories, and you were one of our speakers. And I just said, "Oh, I gotta have her on the podcast too. That's just gotta happen." Um, Karen, you're you're a mother. Of course, we're gonna talk about motherhood a lot. But you're a mother, and you're a speaker, and you're author too of a book called "Confessions of an Irritable Mother," which we'll talk some more (laughs) about that. Um, So tell me just a little bit about some of your background. I know that you graduated from Western and with a Mm -hmm. bachelor's of arts degree in communication. Mm -hmm. But it's funny, you say something in your bio where you say you have an ongoing education for Weary Mom University. So tell me a little bit more
1: about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's, that's true. I Actually, because I like to play with words and I did the Western Michigan University and just Weary Mother University worked. And I really do think that is an ongoing education. Well, I've been a mom for 23 years now. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things you it, you feel like once you get past this stage, you're, you're there, you made it. And I've realized that it just keeps on going. In fact, I should have known because my mother once told me. She said, Karen... It never ends. It never ends. <laughs> it never ends. You know,
0: it's funny you mentioned that. My, uh, my mother-in-law told me when I first had children, she said, you know, people are going to ask you all the time what your favorite stage is mm-hmm. for them. And she said the answer is whatever age they are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that kind of applies to motherhood, too, doesn't it? Yeah. Because there's so many different stages to motherhood. And, mm-hmm. and so as you became a mother, tell me a little bit what, what happened that led you to have to write a
1: book called <laughs> Confessions of an Irritable Mother. Well, of course, probably like most mothers, before I had children, I was a perfect mom. Were you? Mm-hmm. Well, sure. I knew everything to do. In fact... I don't know if it's still popular. There was a, a parenting program that was really popular when I was having children. And all of my friends who were having kids were, were following this program. So I thought, that's all I need to do, just follow that program. And the thing is, what I realized, I learned that there are two different worlds. The world before children is the world called theory theory. Mm. And the world with children is reality. And in theory, everything works perfectly. But once your baby is born, you move into reality. And reality and theory are not the same place. That's good. And the things that work in theory don't necessarily work in reality. That was a shock to me. (laughs) So, because I started my parenting journey in theory, and I thought everything was going to be perfect, I had these expectations. And... When reality wasn't the same, I really I just started to struggle. Um, well, I struggled right off the bat. Actually, you know what? It started the day that I was going home from the hospital. <laughs> I'm sitting there, and my husband came to get me, and he forgot to bring the car seat. So he yeah. had to go back to our apartment and get the car seat. And as he is leaving me, and I'm contemplating, you know what? I'm taking this baby home oh my word, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a nurse button. Mm-hmm. There is no nurse button. And it just all of a sudden it just hit me. I am really doing this thing. And I got scared and I cried the whole way home from the hospital. Like what a happy home going this is. Mm-hmm. So, and then Elizabeth was colicky. And just all of these things were not the way that I thought they were going to be. Right. And I kind of think I might have been dealing with postpartum depression to it there was never a diagnosis or anything but I that might have played part in the whole thing but needless to say I just began my journey of motherhood expecting it to be perfect and wonderful and rainbows and unicorns and it wasn't because at the baby shower that's what it seems like well, right? because in your, <laughs> you don't when you're imagining it when you're pregnant and you've got oh my gosh this baby's moving around this is the most amazing thing you don't imagine struggling Mm-hmm. You imagine everything is going to be perfect, and it wasn't. And there, yeah, there were wonderful moments, absolutely glorious moments, but I struggled a lot. And then we added another baby, and then a couple of years later we added another one, and I just continued to struggle.
0: So what did you do when you were struggling? How did you I cope? Yelled.
1: You yelled. <laughs> I yelled. Okay. Oh okay. God. And I hated myself for that. That okay. was a bigger part of the struggle because to try to deal with these children who weren't doing the things that I wanted them to do, I yelled, I did. And I, I got so angry with myself mm-hmm. for that. And in that, I was pretty sure that God was angry with me. Wow. I was not being the mother that He thought I ought to be. That's what I thought.
0: Well, I I can speak for myself, being a mother, that I've had those moments, and I'm sure there's listeners out there who have mm-hmm. had those moments too, mm-hmm. where they really, you know, lost it, mm-hmm. and then they feel bad that they lost it. Mm-hmm. But to take it further, to say God must be angry with you, mm-hmm. that must have really, really had an impact on your mm-hmm. on your walk with Him. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about what that did. What did that do with your faith, For your faith.
1: Well, see, this is an interesting thing. I. I never well I didn't become a Christian until I was a young adult when I was in college is when I became a Christian then I became a mom let's see I was 18 when I became a Christian I was 24 when my first baby was born and I never stopped believing in God never stopped being a Christian nothing like that but I realized years, years, years later, that I kind of put my relationship with God on hold because I didn't think he really was fond of me. I didn't think he was pleased with me. I thought with the yelling and the blow-ups that I had, but also because when I became a Christian in college, I was in this Christian fellowship group, and I learned about this thing called a daily quiet time. Mm. (laughs) And you need to have a daily quiet time. Guess what? When I had a baby, I didn't have a daily quiet time. And I thought God was probably disappointed in me for that too. And so, like I said, I did not realize that I did this, but I basically put my relationship with him on hold. Because I thought, all right, I can't do it right now. You're not pleased with me, so you know I'm just going to do the best I can here. And he was kind of over to the side. Gotcha. And that... That went on for many, many years. That must have been lonely. <laughs> it was very lonely. Now, did you
0: have uh, other mothers or anything like that that you networked with or, <laughs> or that you were friends with that could help you, or did you keep going back to this one program you talked about?
1: No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but I was a part of MOPS okay. when, let's see, Josh was, well, it was from nine. 19- yeah it was 98 to 2002 so for four years there so um, Josh was just a baby and Elizabeth was two years old and I loved mops but I hated mops because I at that time I thought every other mother was perfect I thought I was the only one who struggled and so when I would go to these meetings and I would hear them talking about all these special things I thought they never struggle and when we would have speakers and they were generally very good speakers but I would get to the end of the meeting, and I would look at her, and I would think, I will never be as perfect as that woman who just spoke to us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember one. She came in told us how to get our children to bay right away, all the way, and with a happy heart. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's not working for me. That is not working. So, so, yes, I had other mothers. But, and this is, I don't generally admit this all the time, but that was a time when I was being very fake. Mm -hmm. I was pretending that I had it all together like I thought they all had it all together.
0: Yeah. I wonder if maybe they felt they were doing the same thing.
1: You know what? And when I started actually sharing my story and started speaking, that's when I found out, oh, you know what? I wasn't alone after all. Because moms would come up to me with tears and just say, I'm so glad to know I'm not alone. Well, I think one of the things that's
0: happening now and which I certainly advocate a lot is you know the concept of authentic christianity yes. and that's where we're authentic with our struggle mm-hmm. that we say okay god i'm i'm struggling with this motherhood thing i'm losing my patience mm-hmm. i you know i i'm trying to do it all right i'm feeling like i'm you know don't measure up do talking about those things makes us authentic mm-hmm. because we are human and we do mess up and guess what humans need a savior we need help mm-hmm. we need help so tell me about the transition from these feelings of of your inadequacies as a mother tell me about how that transitioned into you speaking and and then of course uh being writing a book
1: well it was kind of interesting um Pride can be an issue for me, too, sometimes, okay? So there is this day, and my kids are just, they were acting their age, okay? They were being totally normal children, and I was frustrated, but something just kind of clicked in me, and I realized, you know what, and I was talking to God about this, I said, I realized that they are going to grow up. They're not always going to be like this. They're going to mature. They're going to become more responsible. They're, they're just going to become more more of what you've created them to be, right? And it was like he just put his arm around me and said, Yes, dear, you know that's true, but guess what? They're not the only ones who I'm growing up. Hmm. I'm like, Oh! Ouch. (laughs) Oh (laughs) but it was just it was in that moment that it, Mm -hmm. it just dawned on me, okay. So these struggles with these children, it's not just about them. He is using them to grow me. And that really was the turnaround. And so that was that was very early in my understanding of what he was doing in me through my children. But at that moment I had the thought, you know, someday when I have a fuller understanding of what this all means I would love to share about it with my MOPS group right. and then that someday came and I talked to the coordinator at MOPS and I said hey I'd love to share my story she says okay great and then she put me in touch with some other MOPS leaders and that's how it just all started that I started speaking for more groups well then when you have the opportunity to speak 40 45 minutes I'm realizing that's really not enough time to share my whole story. And especially when a mom would come up afterwards and we would talk and talk and talk. That's what really was Mm -hmm. the push to write the book. So I'm like, you know what? I've got 40, 45 minutes to speak. If I write a book, I can say, here, now you have the whole story. So that was kind of how it all came together.
0: So tell me a little bit about the book. What can somebody expect if they're going
1: to read this book? Hope. 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 Really. It's um well what came what, what was behind that even and in, in my understanding of how God was working was Psalm sixty-six ten. Because when I was gaining this understanding, God's revealing to me, you know, I'm working in you too, I just quote, happened to be reading Psalm sixty <laughs> six because God just happens to work those things out perfectly. And Psalm sixty-six, ten says, "For you, O God, tested us; you refined us like silver." Okay, nice verse doesn't mean much unless you do a little digging. The process of refining silver, and this is basically the outline of Confessions of an Irritable Mother. You know, you, you go through the silver has to be mined from the bowels of the earth, and it goes through this huge process of preparation. But in the refining. This And this is, I don't know if they still refine silver this way or not, but in days of old when this psalm would have been written, they would take a cake of raw silver. Okay, it's not shiny and pretty right now. It's just kind of dull and yucky. They would put it in a fire. Well, not over a fire. It would melt down. There's still a lot of impurities in it. The impurities are burning away. Mm -hmm. It's taken a Mm -hmm. while, but they're burning away because they're in this very hot fire. Eventually... And this is so beautiful. The silversmith can see his reflection in the silver. Think of a mirror. At that point, he knows the purification is complete. Okay, it is refined. And where I saw this parallel, if God is refining us like silver, as Psalm 66, 10 says, then he's the silversmith. Hmm. My children, are this they're, they're the fire. Right. He is burning away my impurities, my selfishness, my anger. my I mean, there's a lot. We don't have time to talk about all of them. <laughs> but he was burning away those impurities and his goal. When he looks at me, he would see his reflection. Right. right. I love that. And I thought, and I'm um, very fond of Kathy Ciccoli and her ministry. And I once heard her speaking and she said, Don't despise what you're going through. Right? I hear that and I'm like, uh huh, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when I had this understanding, God is refining me like silver, I said, you know what? I might not like what I'm going through, but if you, God, are using it to make me more like you, I won't despise it. Right? Remember, you know, it's Christmas
0: time and I remember, you know, we get gifts, right? Mm -hmm. And I think. You know, God's gift to us is, is pure, purification and healing, mm. right? So mm-hmm. we can reflect Him and serve Him. Mm-hmm. And but what we don't get to decide is how that's going to be wrapped. Oh yeah. Okay. And what I've what I've discovered is just like you were explaining with this process, is that motherhood was your wrapping. You know, mm-hmm. that's how God wrapped up this gift. Mm-hmm. But we don't see that at that wrapping as a gift. Mm-hmm. We're like those little kids who want to look in and see what we get for Christmas before we want to see the gift before it's there. And God says, No, I've got this all wrapped up and I'm you're gonna this gift is gonna be revealed to you. Mm-hmm. So when you say hope, tell me a little bit about that gift, for instance. Tell me what mm-hmm. you what that what it feels like to be more purified i'm going to say more purified because you know we're not going to be arrived till we get there but you know tell me a little bit about what you what you're experiencing now as a mother
1: well see the thing is and i i tell this to people all the time that the understanding that god is refining me like silver okay that does not make the hard times easier okay i still would you know my kids would still be going nuts i would still be feeling like i was going to bounce off the walls. The understanding didn't make it easier, but it gave me hope in them because I knew that this situation was not something that was going to be wasted. I knew that he was using my struggles to make me more like him.
0: Well, you know, there's a new saying I have, and listeners, you're the first one to hear my little saying. And that is, it's nice to be informed but what god wants is to be trans us to be mm. transformed. Mm-hmm. So, inform and transform, you know, rhymes. And and you know when when you were talking about that it reminded me of that that you yet yeah, we can take in information, we can listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. we can read books, we can take in all this information and that's helpful. Mm-hmm. But what God really wants to do is transform us yeah. through that information, right? And and we have to be open to that process, which you were explaining is this purification process. We have to be open to that. So you know what's really funny? I, I was reading this quote by Abe Lincoln, and it's it's kind of a I, well, you'll our listeners will get a kick out of it. It's by Abraham Lincoln, you know, the president. You know, and he, this guy did amazing things. Um, He's done amazing things. But here's this quote. He says, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Mm. I don't know about you, Karen, but what kind of pressure does that put on us as mothers? <laughs> what did he say? All that I am
1: or ever hope to be, I owe those. to my angel mother. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful sentiment. It sounds like he had a wonderful mother it makes me feel like I could never do that. He called her an angel mother. Yeah. I would never think anyone called me an angel mother. <laughs> well, maybe she was, but I don't know. I mean, I, I hear that, and I think that's a really sweet thing. But if that's what we all hold ourselves up to, if we say all my child is and is ever could ever hope to be is up to me, I mean, that is a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure,
0: and one of the things I learned in in my journey as a mother is that being authentic with my children, like mm-hmm. when I mess up mm-hmm. acknowledge it to them, mm-hmm. apologize to them mm-hmm. um and i'm I'm hopeful that that gives a model of authenticity mm-hmm. and that I am human, that I am gonna mess up and and that I know that they will too, mm-hmm. because I think we we get these you know. As much as I love the the Hallmark movies and everything like that, we get these little, you know, happy endings and we get these visions of what things should be like. And when they don't end up being that way, we think that somehow we've missed it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And the funny thing is, is that's when God notices us. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knows us all the time, Mm -hmm. but he really notices us when we feel
1: inadequate.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and we feel like we don't measure up. I think... What's key about that, and I was thinking about this earlier too, is because we can be so focused on it's up to me. I need to get this right. I need to read the book, do the whatever. And when we're there, we forget God. We don't notice him, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and and you know what? And I think that may be part of why he lets me fail, What part of why he lets me struggle, because when when things are going well, Sometimes I think it's all because I'm so wonderful, right? When I'm falling, when I'm struggling, I have to reach up to Him. I have to ask for His help. He's there. He wants mm-hmm. to give that to us. Mm-hmm.
0: And He's our Savior. I mean, that concept to me is is so meaningful because I need to be saved. Mm-hmm. I, I actually have to admit what I need to be saved from. Mm-hmm. I have to admit that it, yes, obviously my sin and, and eternal life, that's for sure. But when God says working through your salvation with fear and trembling, I also believe he means, look, this is an ongoing process. Yes. Someone um, showed me once one of those balls that, have, that are made of rubber bands and they have all those mm-hmm. rubber bands on them. You know, you can take one off, and the the ball's still there, but you can keep taking off, and that's kind of what it's like when you're constantly being refined. Is God's taking those those rubber bands off, and He's you know releasing some of these things that happen. So, when you wrote Confessions of an Irritable Irritable Mother, what were some of those confessions? Did you tell stories about some of the <laughs> the things that happened
1: to you? Well, and. I think I mentioned that I like to play with words and stuff. And that's the whole thing with the confessions, too. Some of it is confession, like, I'm telling you the truth, like, yeah, I messed up this way. The other part of the confession is I'm confessing who he is and what he Mm -hmm. has done. And it's all in there. They're both in there. But um, one of the things, and I think this is, well, it's just a funny story to me. Because I had particular struggles with one of our children and my husband at one time before I had this understanding, okay, he said to me, and he thought he was being loving and helpful when he said this. I trust that's what he thought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He just says, maybe God is using him for your sanctification, And I wanted to punch him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. know how you think that was a helpful thing to say, but right now I just want to punch you in the face. Don't tell me that God is using my child for my sanctification. That is not helpful. (laughs) But then when, when God said... He's using my children for my sanctification. Then it was okay. Then it was okay. Then I wanted to hug my husband (laughs) and tell him how wonderful he was. (laughs) But when it came just from his mouth first. Yeah. So that's in there. That confession is in there. Um, But there's, you know, there's the things of trying to do it right. Trying to pretend that I was who I thought other people wanted me to be. You know, I think that's an important thing for us to confess. To admit, okay, this is who i really am
0: and the scriptures are very clear about that confess Mm -hmm. your sins to one another Mm -hmm. um, to build up and edify the body Mm -hmm. and you know and i think that's why we need to be authentic and be authentic and say you know i did mess up i didn't do this right and I think that we bond too. We're mm-hmm. the built community is built because we understand that okay, we're not alone. We're in the struggle together. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about it is that we're free to struggle. Mm-hmm. God gives us, you know, he, he He allows us to be authentic in the struggle. We don't have to, you know, have a to do list that mm-hmm. we're we're adhering to. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, we we get so stuck, and that especially as a mother that you have to do all these things. You know, we right now we're in the holiday times and of course um, there's all kinds of ways that we want to make like this ideal setting for our children. So, do you
1: have any fun, do you have any fun holiday stories? Oh, well, first I was going to say that I am so thankful that Pinterest was not big when my kids were little <laughs> because I do not think I could have handled that kind of pressure. Okay. Keep yeah. Pinterest perfect. Yes. yes. No, but actually, you know, this is a story, and I wouldn't say it's so much the funny of it, but it was so sweet around the holidays. I don't remember, oh my goodness, it must have been 15, maybe even 18 years ago. My husband had a car accident right before Thanksgiving, and it was a couple thousand dollars, and we just had the basic insurance, so we were kind of breaking it to the kids, sorry not really gonna have presents this year and we were expecting them to be disappointed because they're little kids and they like the presents. but what they did was they went through all the toys in their room and we had somebody had given us a great big box of red uh, was that 11 by 13 paper whatever the big paper so they got that box and they went through the rooms and they wrapped up all of these toys and our tree had more presents underneath it that year than you ever would have seen. And they just put them on, and, and they wrote each other's names on them, and they were just giving each other their toys. Wow. And that was just the sweetest, sweetest thing. That's a I great have. memory. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And, you know, that might not have happened if, if you would have been able to have all the presents. Oh, right? no, it wouldn't have. And see, you know what you just said? God wraps gifts up for us, right? We don't necessarily see it as a gift. And I have never until this very moment thought of that as a gift. You know God knew Brian was going to have that accident. He knew we were tight financially to begin with. And he knew that our kids would do this thing. And it was just a beautiful... And that
0: was all from them, right? It was totally from them yeah that must have been beautiful to see as a mother and you know there are some great times that we can see in motherhood too Mm -hmm. you know I think it's great to be authentic but we also need to be celebratory too because like that kind of story or just we have so many great stories of of motherhood too Mm -hmm. where There's just sometimes your kid will say one thing and you're just like, oh, or you just see them be kind to somebody else or something. Those times when you're like, wow, you know, sometimes I just want to say, talk about this a little bit. The Bible says something about, you know, leaving your father and mother and clinging to Jesus and all that. And of course, there's all kinds of interpretations of that verse, but uh, recently at church, uh, the One of the groups played this song called Make Make Room. And it was basically making room for Jesus and moving other things aside. Mm -hmm. And so when you're a mother, sometimes we think that is my primary thing. That is my number one priority. I can't do anything Mm -hmm. else. Nothing else matters. But then what about our relationship with God? Mm -hmm. How do we... Do we move our children over for our relationship with God? Mm. And the thing is, is that we're not getting rid of our children. Mm -hmm. We're not saying they're not important, Mm -hmm. but we have to make time and room for God. Mm -hmm. How do you you manage that balance? Well,
1: now that my kids are older, it's a lot easier. But that was something I seriously, seriously struggled with when they were young. Because there would be the older and wiser women who, with very, very good intentions would say, oh dear, just you just have to get up before the children do. You can have your quiet time before the children are awake. Well, guess what? When I'm up late with them or I'm up in the middle of the night with them, I don't have it in me to get up early. And on those occasions when I do get up early, unless I am super, super quiet, I don't trip on anything, I don't make any noise, no doors creaks, the kids are going to wake up. Right. It just, I was never able, well, never. Okay. Maybe one or two days I was able to get up. You probably tried
0: it because you felt like you had to. Oh, I did try it and
1: it just never worked. But, and this is where God was so gracious to me. And, and I'm, you might tell from my voice now, I'm very passionate about this. Quiet times, super wonderful, important. If you can have them, have them. Okay. I fully believe that. However, I am so convinced that God is not confined to 30 minutes of quiet in the morning. No. And that's what he revealed to me all day long. Okay, I could be changing a poopy diaper. Guess what? God is good, and he was present. That's right. I could be in the middle of a mess of the toys are all over the place. God was there, and he was, he was loving me. And he just began to show me that he could speak through the noise There was a time I actually, my mother-in-law was going to come in town. I was going to go away. um, There's a retreat center up in DeWitt. And I was going to go there for a couple of days, just be alone. Leading up to that, I really felt like God was just saying, listen, listen. And I'm like, I'm going to listen. I'm going to just get me to that retreat center. I'm going to listen. And then I called to make my reservation. Mm, They're booked. Can't get me in that week. The next week they had an opening, but my mother-in-law was going to be out of town that week. So I'm like, wait a minute, God, I thought you wanted me to listen. You know, and now I can't go this week and I can't go that week. And I was really starting to get pouty. Mm. And then that's when he convinced me. He says, you can listen when it's noisy. And so I have this thing now where I will ask, okay, quiet times are nice, but how are your noisy times? Mm. Because I think we can have fellowship with God all day long long. It does not have to be confined.
0: And that's partly what we talk about here on the notice is Mm -hmm. taking notice of God in everyday things Mm -hmm. all the time. And when you make that a a habit, you begin to see him all the time. Right. And you can't, you can't help yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Then you got to start podcasts because you got to just talk about it. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) This is so cool. Um, Well, you know, the other thing is, is that I know for me, Um, One of the toughest things is I always thought the biggest challenge to motherhood was balancing their needs with my needs. And that's kind of what you were talking about a little bit with that. your need to have quiet time with God or whatever. It's balancing their needs and, and, and our needs. And I remember my when I brought my first daughter home, uh, this is a funny story, at least I think it was funny. Um, I brought her home and it was the first time, you know, family was gone and my husband was gone and it was just me alone with the baby. And I had to take a shower, right? Mm. And I hadn't done a shower with, you know, so I'm like, okay, What am I going to do with the baby while I'm taking a shower? So, and some of you young mothers out there can relate to this. So I take the baby, I put her in her car seat, I buckle her up, and I take her into the bathroom with me. So that when I'm in the shower, I can peek out mm-hmm. and make sure she's okay. She hasn't gotten now, up and walked away. Right. All right. Exactly. <laughs> what am I thinking? What? She's a newborn. She's not going to walk away. She's not going anywhere. But that was funny because at that stage, it was like I that's when I began to realize that they you know they have children have different needs at different mm-hmm. stages mm-hmm. you know when they're young like that of course there's cuddling and just making sure they get fat and you know you take care of diapers and you know those kinds of things but as they get older it gets more complicated mm-hmm. you know you know when they go to school you know I know one of my favorite times is when they when I was teaching them to read for some reason that was like cool I just thought that was like the coolest thing ever but as you know as our kids get older how does how we change too with Mm. them don't we Mm -hmm. so tell me about you know a little bit about when your kids got older in those different stages of life what kind of things Mm. how did God change you
1: well you know what I and I I think when we think about the different stages You know, and I get the question often from especially young mothers, does it get easier? And I generally smile and as as kindly as I possibly can, I say, well, no, it just gets different. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I I firmly believe that the hardest phase of parenting is the one you're in. Because you made it through that one that you just made it through that you thought was going to kill you. And you think that this one up here is going to be better but the one you're in this is the one that's really hard right right and so I think through each different phase God just kept saying to me hold on I'm with you I'll help you and I think when I started to hear him say that I was able to look back and say okay that one was really hard but God was faithful and that's one thing I love I have a blog and goodness, I've been writing it since 2005. So every now and then I go back and I read old posts. And I love reading about a struggle that I was in. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't think we were going to make it through that. But God was faithful then. And then he you know did. what? He's going to be faithful now because he hasn't changed. He hasn't. And so I know that as he brought me, we, we made it through colic. We made it through potty training. We made it through sleeping through the night. We made it through first grade. We made it through all of those things. And he continues to show himself faithful to me.
0: Yes. Even does.
1: now that I'm in a new phase of learning how to be a mother-in-law. You know? Mm. It's just because there's always new things. Every, every day I have not been in before. Every day is things that I have not experienced before. I need to keep learning. And I need to keep trusting God. You know, it also reminds me of, there was a verse
0: that I kind of clung onto while I was, well, I'm still a mother, but <laughs> um, is Isaiah 40:11. Yesterday I was actually listening to the Messiah and this particular verse is sung in the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Mm-hmm. Here's the, here's the important part. He gently leads those who have young.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And if you're out there today and you're frustrated with motherhood, first of all, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. You're really not alone. We we all struggle. We just sometimes struggle to admit the struggle. (laughs) And the thing is, is God is out there. He wants to help you, Mm -hmm. and he will lead you. I know in my personal experience. He led just the right people to childcare when I needed to, when I was working, and you know, balancing all those kinds of things. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to be a mother, but there's so much God's going to teach you through it. So I just encourage you. If I'm going to tell our listeners, if they can get your your book on website, and your website is Irritable Mother. So you can just Google that. Um, Also, you also wrote a devotional. Mm -hmm. And so tell me a little bit about how you decided to write a devotional.
1: Well, (laughs) I, many, many years ago, was with my children. at my, My mom and dad had a cottage up in Gaylord. And it was summer, but early summer. It was still a little chilly. The kids wanted to go in the water because you know, kids don't really care what temperature it is. They just want to go in the water and play. So I'm sitting on the beach, letting them play in the water. And Matthew came up to me. He's probably two, maybe three years old at the time. And he's just blue practically. He's so cold and he's chattering and he wants to sit on my lap. And my immediate thought was, I don't want you to sit on my lap. I'm cold. I have no warmth to give to you. You're just going to make me colder. (laughs) But, of course, I let him sit on my lap. But in that interaction, and this is where I say God was showing me that he speaks. It doesn't have to be your quiet time with your Bible on your lap. He speaks all the time. Because as I'm welcoming Matthew onto my lap, albeit a little reluctantly. Can you welcome somebody reluctantly? I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. It's an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was allowing Matthew to sit on my lap. There you go. Matt. There you go. And in that moment, it was like God spoke to my heart and just said, you know what? Aren't you glad that I don't care if you're warm or cold? Any any old way you want to come to me, I want to receive mm-hmm. you. That's and good. That's so good. it was, well, it was, and it was a beautiful interaction. And I thought, you know what? I need to write that down. I need to, write because that could encourage somebody. And then I began to see, because God's Spirit just was showing me, more and more interactions like that. Things that would happen with my children that God would speak through. And so I wrote them down, and that became Finding Joy.
0: So we have uh, Confessions of an Irritable Mother, and we have Finding Joy. And again, you can find those on karen's website irritable mom irritable mother, M- irritable mother. <laughs> i know dot i think com. irritable mom.com
1: <laughs> would be cute because it rhymes but
0: uh, oh I, yeah it does yeah. no it, but yeah, the book yeah. is
1: confessions of an irritable mother yeah, so we so. thought we should make the website irritable yes mother.
0: that sounds good and i um our information and links to that will be on my website so feel free to listen so Karen thank you so much for being here and in closing I just want to ask you one question is Mm -hmm. that um, what would what's the one thing you would like to say to a mother out there who's Mm -hmm. struggling Mm -hmm.
1: only one (laughs) (laughs) the first one is you're not alone the second is there is hope there is always hope because God does not waste our struggles. He does not waste even the hard times. I I said this before that understanding that He was refining me doesn't make the hard times any easier, but it gives me hope in them. And if I can hope in it, then I know that I'll make it through.
0: And God is noticing. He is noticing all. He's over noticing the place. and we can take notice of him as well. So thank you, Karen, so much for being here. Although this episode was taped prior to the coronavirus, who could have predicted how this would all affect us? Maybe you do find yourself depressed, irritable, impatient, or filled with anxiety about the unknown. And let's face it, being socially isolated well, it does leave us feeling unnoticed. So be sure to tune in next time for The Notice, where we'll be sharing stories about God has noticed you during this pandemic. Yes, you. So if you have a story to share, please send it to me. I will be collecting stories until April 24th that I will read later on an upcoming podcast. You can send me your story under 300 words, please, to my email at susan.com. At Susan K. Hookstra, H O E K S T R A.com. You can also find more information on my website at Susan K. I can't wait to hear what God has done. Until next time,